Welcome to Oops, I Talk Politics, the left-wing political podcast where we talk about politics. I'm Ryan, and today I have the other Ryan from the network. <gasps> I'm Ryan. But you're only going to be here for the next, like, minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, because I'm awkward when I'm by myself, Ryan's going to help me intro this episode. It's the last, and I say this a lot, but this time I really mean it, the last episode <laughs> until Phil comes home. Sure. <laughs> Phil has left the country and you just don't know. It. He actually has left the country. He's in Greece right now. <laughs> oh, and you do know it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Even better. Hopefully he comes back soon. But this will be the last Phil episode of Oops. Then next week, Divisive will not have Phil. And then following that, Phil will be back. I promise. <laughs> so this is the last almost last it's the last last for real almost (laughs) it's the last oops fill in and it's the second to last of our whole brand fill in so today i think we got it yeah so today i'm gonna talk to sly and evan about what it's like to not fit into either party so sly how would you describe sly's politics ryan oh uh <laughs> Listeners should know. Yes, yes. I'm trying to think of the best way to describe. I, I I would say that when I think of Sly's politics, I think of him say pointing and saying that someone is milk toast. <laughs> yes. So Sly is very far to the left of the Democratic Party and he yes. hates anyone else. <laughs> Yes, yes. Even even us who are just kind of left of the of the Democratic Party. I like it. He he gives no ground. No, you know what no, I mean. No ground yeah. whatsoever. And yeah. then what about Evan? Evan, I'm 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 terrible <laughs> at this at describing people's politics. Evan is to the right of the Democratic Party. Maybe to yes. the left of the Republican Party, I would argue, but he is That's one of... That's what I was having a hard time describing, yes. yes. <laughs> so he's in the middle. Some issues mm. he's on the right, some issues on the left. As Sly would call him, he is a milquetoast centrist piece of shit. Right, And right. that's why I like to bookend them together. This is going to be awesome. They are not going to be talking at the same time. I talked to Sly first, and he had some really fascinating stuff to say. And then yeah. I talked to Evan, who had some also fascinating stuff to say. And I also did speak to my dad about not fitting into the party either but that conversation went so long that that's going to be released as a bonus this weekend so look for that in your feed you have anything else you want to add ryan um i just have a suggestion okay i think you should take their tracks and just play them next to each other maybe one in the right ear one in the left ear oh now that's a damn good metaphor. An amazing experience <laughs> <laughs> that that sounds really terrible but also great yeah Go for it. Experimental. <laughs> if we were recording this intro not four hours before this episode comes out, maybe I would try <laughs> but, Who needs sleep? Yeah. <laughs> but without any further ado, here it is. We had the best time at your party. So I'm here with Sly. Hey, Sly. Hey. <laughs> Our regular listeners should recognize you from every other episode, pretty much. Yeah, and this 
if this is your first episode, why are you listening to this one first? <laughs> yeah, don't listen to a different one. Yeah. Because this is one of those uh, special episodes. A very special episode of Politics. <laughs> yeah, an, an evening with Sly. Yeah. So today I just kind of want to talk about how you feel about the parties now and how you fit in or don't fit in with them and what 2016 was kind of like for you. Does that sound like a plan? Sounds like a plan. <laughs> cool. It was a plan, literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's start at the beginning of 2016. Okay. Did you know who Bernie Sanders was when he announced... I'm probably one of the few who did. Oh, uh, look at Hipster Sly over here. Yeah, I knew Bernie before he was cool, but uh, I was like, I kind of identified as a communist, like half ironically, <laughs> in college. Like, uh, I guess I'm kind of like where, where, where Phil is now, where I was like, oh, the system is flawed, but there's no better system in college. But I still like thought it was cool to be like, oh, I'm a communist. Say, hey, bitches. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, so I, I knew, like, I, the only fucking socialist senator in the country. I, 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 of course I know him. Okay, so are you a registered Democrat? Yes, I am, because I needed, I needed uh, the option to vote in primaries. Yeah, this, this comes up a lot that in New York, you can't vote in a primary unless you're in the party. So yeah. if you're an independent, you kind of just throw away a primary vote. Exactly, and my opinion is uh, primary vote is the... The closest thing we have to an actual vote, because uh, obviously, I don't. I, I, a lot of people, uh, both Republicans and Democrats, like they, they we're so uh, divided along party lines that it's the, the final vote doesn't matter. You're going to vote for your party, like the Democrats or Republicans, depending on who you affiliate as being the devil, basically. And also in the in the Democratic primary, at least the majority of states award delegates by proportion of vote. Yeah. So. It's not like the Electoral College where, like, if a Republican votes in New York, it doesn't matter because they the Democrat is probably going to win and get all the delegates. But, like, if Bernie won, you know, 40% of a state, he would get 40% of the delegates, so it's a little more fair and democratic. Yeah, like, that, I guess, like I said, it's the closest thing we have to an actual election that matters, unfortunately. So, as the resident cynic i suppose on the podcast yeah did you ever think bernie was gonna win the primary uh never i i i, I subscribed to the leading consensus at the time on bernie was before bernie uh, uh opted to run uh people were like somebody please fucking run against hillary like, jesus christ like fucking we because we, it was like uh decided like years in advance like uh i was watching like news all the time about not just Hillary's actions, like catering towards Wall Street and defense contractors saying, I'm going to be more of a war hawk than Obama and shit like that. Uh, not just those things to prepare, not just Hillary's preparations for uh, 2016, but also Republicans' preparations for 2016 by attacking on Benghazi and stuff. Because Benghazi was originally an Obama attack and it became a Hillary attack when, you know, he became less relevant and now became more relevant to go after Hillary because she was going to be the next president, you know? Mm hmm. I, I was like, this is so fucking insane that, like, she was rejected in 2008 for being considered a flawed candidate because of her Iraq vote. Like, that was what Obama ran on, to a certain extent, was she's a damaged candidate. And people rejected her in, in favor of this guy no one knew. But people, I was like, I was like, how, like, we're supposed to have a, you know, like, a choice in this country, but I feel like I'm not having a choice. So someone at least give us some choice. And, like, I applauded Bernie for, like, trying to, but I was like, this is just to push her to the left. This is not like an actual chance to win candidate. And slowly mm -hmm. but surely, he turned things around and started 
bring you some warmth to my cold, cold heart. <laughs> so when was the last time you felt you had a choice? Obama election, pretty much. Yeah. I, like I couldn't vote in the primaries because that was that was I I basically got the right to vote just as Obama the election came up the 2008 election. Not that you were like a felon or anything. We just all turned 18 right yeah, exactly. before the election. I finally uh, got a pardon for my time in in the of the river. <laughs> Even though I was I was like the first time I actually followed the, the political uh, debates and stuff like that because I was like in my mind at the time I was like this is like the new FDR like uh, we had a shitty. Republican president, and now uh, you know. Now we're in a recession, and now we're gonna have this new candidate who's running on uh, change. He said, "I'm not going. To, I don't want to play politics better than anyone else. I want to change the way politics is played." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, this is the guy who's gonna change the system." And uh, like after a year after the election, I was like, "No, he's not gonna change the system. He's just gonna do exactly what he what he said he wasn't gonna do, which is try to play the same system a little bit better." Okay, so now to pivot a little bit. Do you think at this point, like, I think it's pretty common knowledge that the country's more divided than ever before. Yeah, exactly. Do you think there is a place for moderates in our government? No, and I think, I, because I, my perspective is we were kind of misled on the moderate thing. Obviously, like, there is, like, a value in being tempered in your opinions and stuff like that, but basically there was, like, a religion kind of, in my eyes, centered around moderate philosophy where i don't know you want to call philosophy religion or whatever but it's there's basically a dogma that developed where you always have to try to be reasonable from the beginning on set and try to meet them in the center and you basically have no principles you just have bargaining tools and you and like you leverage them for things beforehand and hopefully the other person will oblige you where I, I'm more and more as I grow older, I feel that's not how politics works. My way politics works is you have actual principles, you you lay them out, and then you engage the enemy, and then you make you make sacrifices there. But I don't believe the moderate beliefs that like Obama did, where he would before he even started the debate, he would uh, offer a one third of stimulus to be tax cuts for the tax cuts. He he would offer before any debate, he would try to push and offer uh and time reforms for no reason so for seemingly no reason just to gain support he would do a wage freeze on government workers he will basically do these things just to build what people will call political capital but i think that's oh, these are these are all bullshit ideas created by people in the establishment who want the establishment the existing politi- policies to uh, to win in the end and the policies that win in the end are ones that like you require less progressive options, less actual change, basically. In a world of like, if you say like it's all just political capital, it's all just bargaining. Do you think if Bernie Sanders was president, he would negotiate with people? And why is that better than when Obama does it? He would, but like I said, I, Obama believes like you 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 give up stuff beforehand to. Game political capital. You, for no reason, you will give a wage freeze to government workers before you even start debating on the bill. You give them a third of the bill being tax cuts. While Bernie, he's very strongly in, uh, in very strong in his positions as a very progressive person, and I, I, I like I have no fancies that he would bring about a liberal utopia. In fact, chances are he probably would have been largely ineffectual in a, a Republican-held Congress. But I believe. If you start off strong and then whittle down your positions, it's better than whittle down your positions, then 
getting into, getting into debate, then really not positioning you further. Like the, the belief that for the sake of goodwill, you will begin on a weaker position than when you than what you actually believe in. Okay, so now if if that was the case, if it was. Let's say there was extremes on both sides. You said there's not really a place for the moderate because they don't really get anything done. Let's say our government was strictly like really right wing and really left wing. Let's say it was like the Tea Party and the Bernie crowd. Yeah. So do you think that then we would get more done than if it was like catering to moderates? It's a very good question. The, the ideal system, I think, which is a system that will never exist, which is why I'm so cynical is you have multiple parties in in, in the government. Because what I think is, uh, we, we, we and Phil talked about, Phil and I, I should say, uh, proper grammar. Phil and I talked about, <laughs> Phil and I talked about this. Uh, he says, like, oh, the European system is overrated because in the end you create coalitions between multiple parties and that ends up being what our two parties are in America. Well, my position is now even more so that it's easier to weigh what the will of the people is if you can clearly outline which is the far left party, which is the moderate party, which is the right wing party, which is the center right party, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so, like, if the majority of the of the government was center right or even, or even far right, that's the way the politics will eventually swing, right? And if it was a, a far left party and a center uh, right party, for example, uh, and the majority, uh, those those would lead where the lot of discussion would go. And I think that would be a more clear-cut way to, to decide where the moderates would go and where the political discussion would lean. No, I totally get you. Do you think there's any benefit, though, to having the moderates in the party of the extreme? Because, like, to contextualize it, we're recording this the weekend after the healthcare vote, yeah. which the skinny repeal failed because, you know, we could give all the credit to John McCain we want, and it was great that he voted the way he did, but it really failed because Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski are moderate Republicans, yeah. and they broke their party line and kind of saved the Affordable Care Act. Do you think that it's good to have those people to temper the overall extreme party? Uh, first of all, I don't think they do, as evidenced by the last eight years where McCain... Has and others have tried to keep up with the extremes just to stay in office. No, but I'm saying, like, think about how much worse the Senate would be from a liberal perspective if Collins and Murkowski were not there. Well, in our existing party, it's mandatory that the moderates have to go somewhere, and thankfully there are a few moderate Republicans, but keep in mind, like, the goal of the Republican Party, especially now, will be to get those people out of office as soon as possible, like, mm -hmm. especially after betraying them on this health care vote. So, like, if there was a, a, a center-right party and a far-right party, and it wasn't just assumed uh, or, or if, uh, that the, like the moderates would vote with the far-right party, and if there wasn't so much political loss by going against, by going against the far-right party for the center-right party people, I think that would be much healthier than to have now. McKinney probably won't feel the wrath because he's so old and you know, he's sick. But Murkowski and others, they're going to feel the pain. Just like, just like how, like, keep in mind, after 2008, when the a lot of people defected from Hillary to Obama, Hillary actually set up an enemies list, a la Nixon, and went after uh, people within, within the uh, Democratic Party, which is why she was able to solidify her support for 2016 so so solidly. 
Like mm-hmm. you because you now you have the moderates are at the whim of a party run by the far right. Now they're going to suffer for doing the, the center right vote. So now, why do you think, and I, I hope I don't super trigger you here, yeah. Sly, yeah. but why do you think the Republicans punish moderates where the Democrats celebrate them? This, uh, that's because the, uh, the, the center, center left is in charge of the Democrats, and that's one of the reasons why I tried to get, start turning against Obama a year into his term was because if you, if you hear how he interacts with people like uh, Bernie, he goes like, uh, they, like they're uh, much uh, stricter with keeping their party in line and they are trying to get the Republicans to fall into line of them. And like it became very clear to me like that the, the center left was in charge of the Democrats and the far right was increasingly becoming more in control of the Republicans. So uh, that's why the center left is in charge of the Democrats. So they're pushing to make sure the far left doesn't get too out of line. Uh, and the far right is pushing the center right to make sure they don't get out, get out of line either. Do you think there's any fault to people like Bernie Sanders that want to push Democrats to the left but refuse to join the party? Yeah, that's. I think like it's so, it's so tough because we have the realities of the political world we live in now, and like the ideal world, with the ideal world being the one I I think I listed out. I think Bernie kind of lived in that ideal world for the longest time, but when when uh, he became viewed as more of a legitimate political power. He starts subscribing more to the the politics of the day, and that's why he joined Democrats to run against Hillary. That's but what... he didn't join the party. He ran as a Democrat. Yeah, he ran as a Democrat. But, but I think that's important. But now he's running within the party. Yeah, because I've seen a lot of neoliberals that I'm friends with. Yeah. That like, and a lot of center left people that say the Democratic Party shouldn't listen to Bernie Sanders and do things to appease him because he doesn't care enough about the Democrats to even join the party. Yeah. And the party is a private organization. So do you think there's merit to that? That like the really far left people don't have, well, I mean, we have Elizabeth Warren, but like our big, the leader of the far left movement refuses to join the party. So how, why should the Democrats listen to his message when he is an outsider? But they, they, when he joined, like now he's becoming more active in the party, and he's still called an outsider. When like the choice you have, basically, uh, I believe the system is set up so uh, people like me have no choice. Either you work outside the party and you're politically completely relevant, or you could try to work within the party, and they'll try to use you just for a populist streak. But you'll be still be considered an outsider in terms of enacting policy or being a leader in the movement. So you think if he joined the party, it would be the same shit anyway? Yeah, like as he's as he's now currently the most popular senator in the country. As he's campaigning more with Democrats in general, he's still considered an outsider. And like, I don't think it's going to change much if he actually uh, uh, became uh, more and more active. Like, I, it, it's uh, it, there's that's not a reason why I believe we should have all the parties because there's so much ingrained within the parties themselves. And like you said, they're a private organization, so. If you're not signed up for the way the parties are structured, their reputations are structured, you're shadow of luck completely. Like, if you're like, I believe in general the Democrats have become the Republicans of the 1980s, and like uh, Chuck, Chuck Schumer said during the 2016 elections, like for every union person we lose, we get more people, um, more middle class Republicans in the suburbs or whatever, like that, some shit like that. But the thing he mis- misunderstood was. Those Republicans, the Republicans that feel like they've been left and uh, left us uh, left behind in the Republican Party, the moderates, 
it's so ingrained for them to never vote for Democrats that they're never going to change that. But if we had, like, say, a party that was exactly the same as the center Democrats now called, say, I don't know, the the Fiscal Responsibility Party, maybe Republicans could sign out to that. But because we have all these different private organizations that have have histories behind them and have these cultures set within them, if you're not willing to fall into that culture, you're just left out of the political system, basically. Do you think we'll ever have a part where we have multiple parties? That would be my goal. Uh, Bernie is doing it the right way for the time being, where you have to work within the system. So he's like trying to push the party left, and like he's becoming like a, a, the figurehead for the left in, in in the country. I think it's better than what Jill Stein or other people do, where I wish their parties were relevant, but they're not. And not only, and not only does Jill Stein uh, make herself relevant by going third party, but she's not even really helping local third parties by running as a third party nationwide basically like if there is a third party going to rise it has to be locally Mm -hmm. so like i think bernie's doing it right where he's for on the national level you have to do the way he's doing it where you have to work within the democrats as we have them but i think there should be more push on a local level to try to make them uh these third parties be be actual parties and also to make it this law structured so the two parties less uh, built in, uh, built into the system as it is. Like we need to have instead of not voting and and things to make it so people literally don't waste their vote. And that's the kind of system that encourages a two party system where if you don't vote for your two two parties, your vote doesn't matter at all. So would you be in favor of getting rid of the electoral college? Of course. Like um, th- there's a part of me that uh, w- when the 2016 election happened. I was like, maybe there's something uh, that could be argued by ignoring the Wisconsin states and shit like that. Because, like, that's what Hillary did. Like, she ignored Wisconsin and Michigan. And that that's theoretically should be punished politically. But in the end, it's still bullshit that we create the system to punish the cities where people actually live in favor of, of the smaller states that uh, lobby for electoral college so that they can maintain political power above the majority of people that live in this country. Mm-hmm. So now, if there was to be a third party, I assume you would want them in the middle, right? Actually, I'll be fine with like if uh, like any any way to break up this weird power struggles we have right now, where you don't like libertarians don't have a voice in the mainstream party. Like, there's no anti-war libertarian reasonable faction in the country at all. But it's basically like same... Rand Paul or nobody. Yeah, like. Uh, and Rand Paul is only one candidate, one Republican candidate in mm-hmm. one one state. But like, if there was a, even even if there was a party for people who just wanted to say no more voting, no more uh, wars, no more drug war, no more this or that. Even if there was just some way to solidify this party is for this type of person, and if that party wins, that position is winning, and and that position is how the uh, policies are going to lean. I would prefer that more than. Uh, the, the the establishment parties on both sides, whether it's the far right in the Republicans or the center left and the Democrats always winning just because they, they are the ones running these private organizations. But if what you're saying is the best way to get things done is to have like kind of extremes bargaining instead of just always trying to build political capital, wouldn't a third party anywhere but right in the middle totally split that side vote and just give unlimited power to the other party well it depends on which which uh like i said it depends i can't predict how it will ever happen maybe you're right maybe it will be a moderate party but maybe it'll be a libertarian party maybe the but Republicans... if there if a libertarian party came in then the democrats would just sweep 
because like right wingers are going to be split. And if it's all about like, you know, if it happened overnight, if it happened overnight for sure. But like I said, mm-hmm. any, any system like this will have to happen over locally. The states will have. Oh, okay. To- like, like, so that's why I'm like, I'm not saying that as a national level because if I have nationally, what you're saying is right. One party will sleep. That's why we have the parties that we have now because it's so ingrained in our system. Like, if Republicans get split at all, Democrats win. If Democrats get split at all, Republicans win. Mm-hmm. It'll have to be a local development over years and years. You know? Okay, I have two questions related to this. Yeah, who do you think the Democrats should run in 2020, and who do you think they will run in 2020? They sh- uh, based on who is a likely candidate now, Bernie Sanders. Really? Uh, Do you think they will or they should run him? That's who they should. Okay. That's who they should. Like people might say he's too old, but they're, they're pushing Joe Biden, and Joe Biden is like a year younger younger than Bernie Sanders. So mm-hmm. fuck off that shit. <laughs> but, Are you anti Joe Biden? Uh, Joe Biden, like, but uh, Joe Biden, he'll be better than probably a lot. Like, he would be better than Hillary, but uh, I'm worried. Like, like any any argument you can make for Joe Biden, I think you can make for uh, Bernie Sanders way better. So, like, why would I support okay. Joe Biden if I could support Bernie Sanders? What if Bernie says he doesn't want to run? If Bernie says he doesn't want to run, my hope would be somebody young and charismatic with Bernie's, uh, that's leaning towards Bernie would run. But who I think they'll run is probably Cory Booker trying to capture some of that Obama success where... You know he's really uh, a nice speaker. He seems really progressive, but he's center left on the, all the policies. Uh, my fear is what happened with Hillary. It might not be as possible with Hillary, but it, it is possible that what happened with Hillary might happen again, where uh, center left who is sides with the bankers, who sides with the people in power, would not be able to uh, capture the populist streak because even like Obama was able to capture a populist streak, even though he was center left, and he. Uh, so like I fear that if they're not able to capture the populist streak, that might give Trump an edge he shouldn't have. And like it's easy to say like Trump will never win, but people also said in 2016 like it might seem un- unfathomable, but we should never un- we should never underestimate. How how much a theoretical like perfect candidate w- uh, would do against Trump versus a candidate in real life? Like even the ones before when they when they uh, poll how she does it against uh, Trump, she doesn't do as well as a theoretical new candidate. You know what I mean? Do you think she shouldn't run? I'm not saying she shouldn't run, but like uh, they had polls that said like uh, she's. I think she will lose to Trump if they ran it now. Hmm. Do you want her to run? I would love one uh, to one. A lot of people, you know, got disappointed on her because she tried to play politics in uh, 2016, trying not to pick either Bernie or Hillary. But I think she's a, I think she's, she's kind of, it's ironically, I think Bernie's a better politician than she is. Like she's better. At, like surprisingly, he became the one that's better at capturing the political win. than she, be, she became, but I think on the policies, I support her a lot still, even if she, I think she should have chosen a side in 2016. What would you say to someone like who our listeners will hear from in a couple minutes like Evan, who doesn't fit into either party at all because he is in the middle. I know on the yeah. show you rail against centrists and moderates all the time, but like pro-gay marriage, you know, possibly pro-choice, you know, anti, you know, Christian fundamentalism being taught in schools, like all these things that are progressive values, but also more fiscally conservative or yeah. more, you know, pro-police or things like that, that neither party has is really like both parties in your world where both parties are more extreme 
and then like, you know, chipping away to get something, you know, as policy, what would you say to those people who have nobody representing their ideals? Those people are why I really switched to my position. Like, like I said, like if you're, if you grow up your whole life thinking uh, Democrats are evil, and even though now they're socially progressive but fiscally uh, conservative, there's still some issues you're like, no, I can never side with them on that. Like, I, I can't side with them on Black Lives Matter, or I can't side with them on this or that. Mm-hmm. Like the Democrats, theoretically, like I know I was, I was thinking this in my mind. Like theoretically, the Democrats should be those people's party, but I know why it's not because for years. They weren't, and there's still some issues. They're like, I can't support them on this issue. That's why I support a third party issue, and that's why to answer your question, like, what should they do now? That's really like that has to be something they decide for themselves. Like, they have to decide: uh, is this social issue more important than this fiscal issue that I will support Democrats, mm-hmm. or does deep down do I ra- would I rather there be a Republican in office because I can't support a Democrat just on uh, on principle because. They're a bunch of lefty loonies or whatever, in my mind. I know you're being a little bit more dismissive of the fiscal conservatives. <laughs> I, 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 I should say it's all but there are people like that that... Oh yeah, there absolutely both, are. But yeah. like, we're both pretty far left, but yeah. like, I know plenty of people that want to support the Democrats, but just don't buy into socialism. And like, yeah. I disagree with them, but they're not they're not making this case because they feel that, you know, like they're not appealing to moderates. They don't think people are more electable. Like it's strictly, I don't agree with them that this is the way to solve a problem. And like, so they just have to kind of weigh what's more important. Yeah. Cause until like, we have a third party. Cause like they ha- like, like I'm, I'm dismissing them. I'm sorry. I can't help it, but I feel like they had a choice. They almost, they, they had a choice to keep the Democrats center left into 2016, and a lot of them refused to... No, but I mean, make... a lot of these people, all the ones that I've talked to that fit into this category, either voted for Hillary or didn't vote or voted third party. Like, I don't know any of them that voted Trump. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, a lot of them voted third party. Some of them didn't vote at all. But what about the people that voted, that begrudgingly voted for Hillary, but still feel like it was like see, a waste? My, my, my philosophy is, like, it wasn't enough, and like the people who still want things to be moderate wasn't enough. So now the choice is becoming more and more over the years. Uh, do we push left or push right? And so you're basically saying they have to pick a side. Yeah, like I like uh, okay. so have to decide No, that's themselves. a fair. That's a fair yeah. opinion. Yeah. I'm not pushing back on that. Okay. Like I know I, I don't want to sound dismissive, but like they're they're like from 20. There was a, a, a moment of truth whether centrism was still viable in politics, and I think 2016 was that moment of truth. Okay. I think that's totally fair. So choose your teams, everybody. We're going to war. (laughs) Yeah. So, well, thank you so much, Sly. And next time we talk, it'll, it'll be on divisive issues, which I lied to all our other listeners. Phil will not be back next week, but the next time we talk for oops, we'll be, it'll be the four of us again. And we'll get to hear your whole story. Cool. Cool. Well, I'll talk to you later, Sly. Bye. Bye. The wife and I, So I'm here with Evan. Hey, Evan. Hey, how's it going, man? Good. Yeah. So, how would you consider yourself in the Facebook group, if listeners don't know? Are you the resident shitlord? I I am the resident shitlord. (laughs) I am the the fence-sitting moderate that I'm sure will piss off many people. I'm very very excited. Thank you for having a a non-progressive... 
hungover drunken guy in your podcast right now. <laughs> so thank God Sly's not here, right? Yeah, no, we would. Uh, that would be an interesting conversation. <laughs> yeah, it might. Uh, might our voice might not be at this medium level right now if Sly was here. <laughs> Instantly. Oh yeah, it would be immediate yelling and throwing bottles at each other. <laughs> <laughs> Even over Skype. Yeah, it would just be a wrestling match. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna be walking through. How you kind of hate both parties. Oh, yeah, this should be fun. <laughs> <laughs> so let's give just a little bit of backstory. Where do you fall now, do you think, politically? On a scale from, oh, let's say, 1 is Bernie Sanders and 10 is... Don't say, don't say Trump. Not Trump, because he's... Let's say, let's say 10 is Rand Paul. Okay. I feel uh, like that's more... Honestly, probably a 6 or a 7. I mean, it, okay. it, it, it depends on what issues we're talking about. Because, um, yeah, I told you this a little bit earlier. I mean... I don't think, uh, you know, your opinions on gay marriage should be predictive on your opinions on the death penalty or, you know, the environment or anything like that. So it's it's really an issue by issue kind of thing. Okay, so have you always been like a six or a seven? I mean, obviously you're a 10 out of 10 looking at you. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm beautiful. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to everyone on the podcast that can't see me, but I look great right now but yeah, um, i'll include some nudes in the line of notes. <laughs> uh actually no when i was younger I, I thought i was much more progressive and i probably if this was the 90s or the early 2000s I'd, I'd be much more of a liberal than i am right now but that, that was back when the the right was you know that i mean i was you know very much into metal and very much into controversial things and that was back when the right was trying to basically censor people for being you know un, unchristian or mm-hmm. Uh, you know, saying that video games would turn you violent, and that was, you know, when Bill O'Reilly would talk about the Madonna kiss, and just bullshit like that, and, mm-hmm. you know, that was during when the gay marriage debate was more of a thing, uh, before it was legalized, so if, if it was the 90s or early 2000s, I'd be much more left-wing than I am now. So now, you said you would probably think of yourself as more liberal. Do you mean that the parties have shifted, or you've shifted? I've understood politics, or come to understand politics uh, much more coherently as I've aged, so I, th- I think if I really delved into the issues, I'd probably, maybe I'd be a little bit more of a middle than I thought I was, but just based on, you know, just in high school when, you know, people would be like, oh, are you pro-abortion or anti-abortion? I, you know, not pro-abortion, but pro-choice. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm for abortion for everyone. Mandatory abortion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no more humans. No, but yeah. But yeah, but just on the social issues that I really mm-hmm. gave a shit about and that before I really understood economics or foreign policy or anything like that, I was, I was pretty much liberal 100%. Okay, so were you like... In high school, the big like anti George W. Bush guy, like yeah, I was anti the Iraq War. I was you know a- I was anti you know all the you know a- anti gay stuff, all the anti environment stuff, all the teaching the Bible in classrooms along with you know science textbooks. That the- all that was nonsense and garbage. But I mean, we could get into it, into it more. This might be a bit delving off into something else. But uh, honestly, if we have the same information about the Iraq War that we did, and I and I was older now, looking at it, I, I might be more in favor of the Iraq War. Really? Yeah, for sure. Why? Why? Well, I mean, you have to consider that all the intelligence agencies thought that they had weapons of mass destruction. This is a regime that is not a rational actor like Russia. Like we can't, we can't play a game of chicken with a regime like this. It's it's not like it's something that you'd have to act upon if they actually did have any chance of, and you know, if they were explicitly stating that they would, you know, actually act upon us. Plus, I mean, we get into Saddam Hussein, how his sons made basically a, you know, a game out of raping women on their wedding nights, and how he would just randomly assassinate citizens and, and 
try nuclear, nuclear weapons on them. I mean, this is not like it, it was not a perfect situation. So I under I would probably be more in favor of the war now if it didn't turn out obviously that our information <laughs> yeah. was bullshit and that and that we went in there for oil and all that other stuff. But, so you so it sounds like you have shifted more to the right just in your beliefs in general and if like you knew what you knew what you know now in high school you might be more pro yeah i'm i'm i mean not to say that being more well read will lead you more to the right i'm just saying for me from what, what being you know what understanding the politics more it led me a bit more into a uh, middle ground i guess for me pushing a little bit less to the progressive okay spectrum so and it sounds that's more like foreign policy and economically yeah yeah you're still socially Socially, for the most part, I mean, we could talk about a lot of different things. We could talk about third wave feminism and, you know, Black Lives Matter. We could talk, I mean, mostly socially on, on the issues. But, like, once you delve into some of the stuff that, you know, for lack of a better word, I know this is kind of like a, you know, a bad way to phrase it, but for SJW stuff, I'm, I'm less liberal on that. <laughs> Sorry, I, I didn't want to say it, but I don't, I don't know how, how else to phrase it without, okay, you know, so, free so speech and all that other shit. To get into the main thesis here... You really, it seems like every question I ask, you're like, so well, an sometimes, yeah, yeah, sometimes yeah. not. So yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a moderate piece of shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're self-aware. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so it really is an issue-by-issue issue kind of, you know, if I ask you if you're a liberal or a conservative, you have to say specifically, yeah. Yeah, not to, even I'd just I'd have to pause and think about yeah. depending where we are. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's... So then... I, I think we're the same age. Mm -hmm. we, I was a freshman when Obama was elected in Yeah, college. we're the same age. Okay, yeah. so you were also a freshman. I was, yeah. So we went to a very, very liberal college. Yeah. Were you an Obama supporter? I, I was a little bit more McCain. I really liked Obama, though. I mean, what he ran on was a little bit different than what actually came to fruition. But I, I, was, I thought McCain was a lot more sensible, and he could speak in complete sentences, unlike George W. Bush. And he was, uh, he was actually for getting money out of politics, mm -hmm. like Sanders was, actually. But he was just more of a capitalist. And he, I mean, this is, you know... Well, I, McCain, I was... McCain, actually, I just found this out this morning, actually, yeah. delving into, in the post-healthcare world. Because, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, the McCain broke party lines and whatever last, uh, last week. And good for him. Yeah, good yeah. for him. Thank God. Yeah, <laughs> good for I mean, him. Jesus. But the thing that I learned was in like the late 80s he fought with McConnell about getting lobbying and money out of politics oh, yeah. and stuff and I didn't he's know doing, that he's at been all. He's doing this for a long time. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't get enough credit for that. And he even came out and publicly said like I've taken money from special interests and I think that's wrong. So you know I, that was all new to me. Yeah, no, I, I actually did know that back in the day, which is why I was in favor of him. I thought Sarah Palin was a disaster, and she kind of ruined the reputation. I have no idea what decision that was. That was, that was <laughs> yeah. just nonsense. So even after Sarah Palin was picked, were you still a McCain guy? That, uh, I, I was, but I was also like, it wouldn't be that bad if Obama got okay. elected. Because, I mean, once again, Obama was also pro a lot of the liberal principles that I stood behind, such as, you know, obviously the pro-science, the, the, the mm -hmm. pro-LGBTQ community, the, the pro... I don't know. You name it. Yeah. Yeah. That's I. That's such a foreign world to me now. Like, imagine being okay with the guy you voted against being the president. Oh, like, that is zero percent this election. <laughs> now I haven't felt that way probably since two thousand eight. Oh no. I mean, yeah. Even Jesus Romney. I mean, oh my God. Yeah. But we'll get to <laughs> yeah, that. We'll, we'll get to jumping that, yeah. ahead. Jumping ahead. Yeah. So, what was it like being on such a liberal campus when Obama won? I was happy. I was not, you know, 
rushing kegs into the student lobby and and you know uh i was not i was there but i was not doing stage dives and that's not being hyperbolic it was crazy it was it was nuts it was like something out of a movie it was and we'd been in college for what like three months yeah and i remember being introduction to that world yeah and i remember being like this is awesome yeah it was it was wild (laughs) yeah no i I thought it was you know i thought it was cool It, it was it was like a party basically so then you did say as time went on you know, Obama didn't make good on a lot of his progress, uh, a lot of his promises, stuff like that. Yeah. Because we graduated at, at the end of his first term. Mm. So how did your opinion of Obama, especially being in such a liberal environment, evolve? It, it was a little strange. Well, some of it had to do with some of the classes that I took that actually that were very, very far left, such as gender studies and um, all, all that that made me kind of look into more conservative li- listeners and whatever being in those classes and stuff how did that push yeah. you because i know lots of people that were like oh i was you know i was always complaining about friend zones and all that stuff until i took a gender studies class and now i'm a feminist you went the other way yeah no I was, I was very very much pro-feminism and very much pro uh you know i was very interested in reading about you know female writers and history that i didn't really get to learn about in high school and in other historically important minorities but um i mean that was all very interesting but it was more so I guess a few years into college when, you know, I noticed at least from some professors who I won't name here kind of took whatever I would have to say with less seriousness than another student of whatever, or, you know, I mean, that that's when the whole mansplaining and manspreading and all those mm-hmm. divisive terms came up that I was just, I was like, something's kind of wrong here and, and only white people can be racist. But yeah, we're just, a, I was introduced to a lot of ideas that seemed more divisive than actually bringing these communities together. And I thought they were counterproductive. And for, for me, that was kind of like a, like a mind fuck because I was so on board with this until I learned all this stuff. And then that kind of galvanized me to search into, you know, the other side and see what they had to say about that. And I ended up agreeing with them a lot more on this Okay, stuff. so do you, I know you meant... Uh, Ignoring third wave feminism and like the comp, the complexities right, yeah. of the differences. Yeah, I, I just s- brought that up because that was the part of my journey. No, of, but I'm yeah. saying like, do you still consider yourself in general a feminist? Because you said you did earlier. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm I'm pro um, equality of opportunity. I'm not pro equality of outcome, which I think is my main problem with this generation of feminism right now. Like they can kind of you know they they look at a certain field and say, oh well, this is mostly men or this is mostly women. Like how can we fix this? I'm like I, I don't think that's always problematic. I think for our differences between the genders, and I think you know we you should push for equality of opportunity. But yeah, I, I'd say I'm a feminist. I'm more of a you know I don't know what wave it would be. I guess. I'd have to. I'm look not more to that. an expert. Yeah, but more. Leave it to us two yeah, but, straight white guys to be yeah, like, yeah. well, let's you know to preach about this shit. But yeah, uh, yeah, no, a, a couple generations ago, I'd line up much more uh, with feminism than I do right now. Okay, so then what? What was it? Just the gender study stuff? What other classes pushed you to the right? Um, that was the the main one, honestly. But it was also because of how it was treated. Like if I would, you know, I've got specific questions. Like as a straight white male, I'd be like, well, this is kind of bullshit, and. So that that was honestly, yeah, I think that was the main one. A- after that, I kind of uh, everything else just came from paying attention to how Obama acted in the Middle East and you know the drone strikes and his confusion on it. I mean, I don't. Know, this might be de- delving too much into Israel versus Palestine, but I thought he was kind of bad with that, and I thought it was. But yeah, mo- most of the other stuff came from. Okay, so the yeah. the thing that I find so interesting about this is you. So you were socially for the most part a liberal Mm -hmm. and your foreign policy and economics were always a little more conservative yeah that just obama dropped the ball in your eyes so much on that that it's so it's not so much that he evolved your opinion he more just cemented it it's probably yeah 
and I started paying, you know, I started paying attention more to this kind of stuff, and I guess I realized my own beliefs. I guess okay. that's a fair way of explaining it. Yeah. Is there anything else that you felt being in such a uh, in such a liberal environment, like not just the professors and the structure, but what about like the people? Oh, the students, yeah. I mean, they were. Uh, I learned very quickly to avoid conversations with certain people. I didn't really start talking to people about this until probably after I graduated and felt more comfortable being in the real world surrounded by people of diverse opinions but yeah it was a little strange being and just hearing people talk about um things so strongly and, and passionately and being and basically insinuating that you are a bad person if you think x just at parties or wherever mm -hmm. or just a normal conversation it would be like oh i can't fucking believe that this person could think something else it's uh, it's clearly because they hate black people or poor people or whatever right? they clearly have no other motivation for you know whatever so do you did you have like a secret club that you could talk to, or was it kind of just like it was just my, gonna shut up? For my, my friend, I would shut up for a while in New Paltz, <laughs> but I yeah no, I had friends uh, who I won't name drop out of fear right now, but <laughs> <laughs> but that, none of them were from New Paltz. All of them were from either okay. Boston or they were from my hometown, or they were like my dad, who's a bit more right wing, and I talk to him, and be like, I'm not going fucking crazy, am I? He's like, No, it's fine. You're not like you're not a sexist if you don't like line up ideologically, you know, note for note, or you're not mm -hmm. a you don't, you know, if, if you think there's a different way of solving the, prop, the you know, the gap between the rich and poor, it doesn't mean you hate the poor. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, that, that actually, yeah, I guess it was the students and that those few feminism classes that really. So then what about after you graduated? Because we graduated halfway through Obama's presidency. So what yeah. was his second term like for you? Now that you're Just, home with your think tank. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't huge on Romney. It seemed but, like few people were. Yeah, I mean, even... And I was, I still identified myself as a liberal, even though it was veering more in that direction. So I was, um, I don't know, I, I was honestly fine with it, even though I was an ecstatic about Obama. It's not like my other choice was like amazing. It was Mitt Romney was kind of an asshole, to put it lightly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so now I know just by talking to you, both on and off this recording, yeah. it's it. Did you change how you identified based on your audience? Because like I know I've talked to you and you're like, well, I'm you know more conservative. But you refer to yourself in the context of Obama Romney as more liberal. So if you were talking to really conservative people, would you call yourself a liberal? And if you were talking to really liberal people, would you call yourself a conservative? These are different times. Now now I've, I feel like I've gone, once again, I'm, I'm more aware of my opinions, which I feel are, in a lot of ways, a little bit more right. So now I'd probably say I'm centered, but a little bit more to the right, no matter who I'm talking to. When Obama was you know, there, when I would, I would still say I was a liberal. Yeah. Okay. So then... Let's fast forward now to 2016. Oh fuck! <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of the reaction from everybody. Yeah, no, this has a, been a clusterfuck of an election. Yeah, so lost friends over this election. I know people who have uh, stopped talking to family members. I mean, this has just yeah. been an unbelievable moment in history. So we have to just give you the chance to address the elephant in the room. Yeah. Are you a Trump guy? No, I am not a Trump guy. I think Trump. I don't think Trump gives a shit about conservative values. I don't think Trump is really, like... I, I don't believe he, he really believes most of what he says he does. I, I mean, he's gone back on, like, almost every issue. I mean, he, he, there are videos on YouTube of him arguing with himself. I mean, yeah. there, it's very... It's confusing to me how people... How he get, has even gained that much of an audience where people can honestly say, I'm a Trump guy. I, I think they just enjoy this mean culture and calling <laughs> okay. each other cucks, and I, it's a disaster. It's, it's, it's <laughs> okay, not real politics. Before we get to the whole thing, I think it's important to contextualize, like, when you say you're conservative... Not a, tr a Trumpian or whatever. No, I, I okay. give a shit about the Constitution, okay. and I, I give a shit how about aligning with our allies, and 
No, I, I care about the world in a way that, you know, I think Trump cares about Trump. Yeah. So now, as we geared up to the 2016 election, I mean, this was this is backtracking a little bit to the Obama years, but what as you were, like, you still consider yourself a liberal, but, like, what did you think of the Tea Party takeover? Oh, they're f- fucking nuts. So what did... So... Well, well they're, they're way more to the right of, of me now. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, once again, I'm, I'm more in the middle because... Whatever, but I, I veer a little bit more to the right. That doesn't mean I love people on Fox News or that I, you know... I, well, especially because if you were saying and... one of your big issues was, like, the pushing of the Christian agenda. Yeah. That's a big Tea Party thing, for sure. That's fair, yeah. So then, as we geared up to the, you know, the 2012 primary... Well, for, was... I, I should probably clarify. I'm for that value system of, you know, Western values, which has a lot to do with, you know, Judeo-Christian principles. But I'm, I'm not pro-teaching... Things like uh, creationism, for instance. Do you think... I'm not, not like, against, you know, giving vaccine to people with AIDS because whatever. Do you think your religious beliefs inform that? Or do you think it's... No, I I think that has a a, a pretty long-standing history with the formation of a country. Okay. I don't know. So, the 2012 primary was crazy, the Republican primary, but the 2016 primary seemed worse... (laughs) What oh, did you What did you think from the early days watching the... Well, are you a registered Republican or Democrat? No. Okay. So in New York, you couldn't vote in the primary no, anyway, I didn't know. which sucks. Yeah. But what, what did you think... Did you follow both primaries in 2016? I did. What did you think of the Republican primary first? What did you think was going to happen? I thought Ted Cruz was going to knock everyone out yeah he, why? He, he struck me as a much more intelligent person i know he's widely despised especially i mean on this podcast before <laughs> we're probably gonna you know have flashbacks of, oh but he said carpet bombing and he said you know all, all this other shit and his dad was this crazy pastor but yeah no I, he just struck me as someone who was you know even though he was widely despised by a lot of people in his party i, th- I thought that he um he just knew what was going on more and he struck me as someone who's a little bit more together and he, he wasn't as involved in scandals as Someone like Chris Christie, he was more coherent than Kasich. He was more coherent than, than most people running. I mean, Trump, I thought, would be out within, like, a week. I thought that was yeah. just a fucking joke. I didn't even, I mean, with the rest of the country and be so shocked. So, did, did you want Cruz to win the primary? Yeah. Okay. That's... I see that face. Paul... <laughs> <laughs> the, I think the listeners know I am not a Ted Cruz fan. Yeah, no, I, I by think any I, I'm probably the only strength. one in this, in this group right now who's probably <laughs> ever said that or thought yeah. that. Yeah, but, you know... That's your opinion. Yeah. You know, he he's he lost, so yeah. <laughs> whatever. Well, now you have Trump, so. Yeah, so, you know, joke's on everybody. <laughs> so, what did you think when Trump started gaining steam? Um, I I thought it was insane. I, uh, I, but I thought it was more of like a carnival show. I didn't think it would actually reach this level. I, once again, I, I thought it was more of an ongoing joke, and I didn't, I guess I didn't take it as seriously as I should have, but... I mean, I was kind of look, with everyone else looking at the polls and being like, this is not going to fucking happen. This is yeah. crazy. Like, everyone in the world is voting for Clinton and everyone... Oh, oh before this, actually. Never mind. Sorry. Yeah. I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought that... Uh, yeah, no, I, th- I thought it was nuts. I mean, he, this is someone who would, you know, tweet out insane shit and get into... I forgot if this was before or after, but he would get into, like, a Twitter war with a comedy writer of Modern Family and he would just, like, insult people on the internet. I mean, yeah. this is someone... Like, imagine if Obama did this. It would be, like... Yeah, you can't even you can't. imagine. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So now, when... I really want to know your opinion on this. One of the things that... A big fissure in the Democratic Party is, like, how do we 
handle like the elitism on the left like as someone who is not a trump supporter Mm -hmm. what do you take about all the liberals myself included that were like there's no fucking way this guy's gonna win anyone that like he's such an idiot no one's gonna listen to this guy how do you think that was a big factor in his rise yeah as someone who agreed with those people yeah no i was i was on board with him and i think that that uh, underestimated him definitely gave power to him for sure and I, i think it was just i mean Trump's election was, and I'm not the first person to say this, it was just a fuck you, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm still kind of struggling with how to how to pinpoint how this actually happened, but I, I mean, we discussed this a little bit before, it probably has a lot, I mean, a lot to do with, you know, the fact that no one really paid attention to the middle class, it has a lot to do with, it's it's, it's a lot of things. It's a lot of things, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a lot of things, yeah. So now, but what about- This is definitely a major statement that, but- Democrats really have to pay attention to, and anyone who voted third party should be paying attention over these next four years, I hope. Sorry, yeah. everyone who voted third party, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll get to the third party in a yeah, second, but yeah. what did you think of the Democratic primary? I thought Hillary would win. Well, we proved you wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, he, no, he didn't, because we snuck out. No, Hillary yeah, snuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, Bernie caused a large, very impressive movement that you know resonated with a lot of people. I... I'm not a Bernie guy, as you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, he stood up for a lot of important things. I mean, I, I think Bernie Bernie is the most honest person there. He, he clearly cares about what he believes in. He clearly, you know, he's been consistent for decades, so I, I, I do respect him. I just don't agree with socialism in America in our context. I, I don't agree with a lot of what he did, but I respect him. That's something that, like we were saying before, is almost gone oh, from yeah. American politics. Yeah, of course, yeah. And uh, okay, so then now, what what did you feel? What did you think about the third party candidates? As somebody that doesn't oh, seem to like Hillary very much, doesn't seem to like Trump very much. Yeah, I voted. I guess we'll get into it later. But I voted for Hillary, as you know. Yeah. Yeah. Which was, well, our listeners don't know. Oh yeah, I, vote, <laughs> I, I, I voted for Hillary Clinton, which is uh, that hurt a lot. I was kind of standing there for a while, but yeah. Most of us weren't excited about it, but like. No, I I, I just felt honestly for me it was just thinking about like my future child, like what am I. Gonna, gonna fucking tell my voter purpose idiot this yeah. buffoon of a person who like you know now are we talking about trump gary trump. johnson or jill stein because uh, those are all oh trump i was talking about trump <laughs> jill stein i think is a mess i think uh for obvious reasons uh gary johnson didn't know what aleppo was which i mean it's fine everyone messes up but just how he oh, God. and then later on he referred to something as an, as an aleppo moment <laughs> that what he referred to as an aleppo moment was him not being able to name one world leader in an interview <laughs> Which is unfucking believable for someone who wants to like be the leader of the free world <laughs> yeah. that is just like has bases everywhere and you know globalized society and you can't name one world leader. Has there ever been a third party candidate that you felt really spoke to you? Uh, no, I never really paid attention to third party to be honest. They were kind of like a who gives a shit for not going to do anything. Do you think, as someone who's in the middle, do you think there's any hope for there ever being three parties in this country? If they start getting their shit together in between every four years and start really building themselves up and start seriously forming a party, and it will take a lot of effort. But I, I mean, I, I don't think you know everyone's any of the third parties are as organized at this moment in time to really do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know some of my friends voted for Gary Johnson because I thought like, oh well, if the Libertarian gets five percent of the vote, then we'll be able to do debates. But it just didn't. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. So now what? I don't, is... I don't see it happening soon. Yeah. I'll say that, but I, I think in the future, yeah. But as of right now, I don't. I don't. I don't see it happening next election, for example. Mm-hmm. It's it's too. We're too divided. Yeah. So now Trump wins. Mm-hmm. How? What do? You, 
what's up with that? <laughs> what's up? What was my reaction to it? Or yeah. what was, uh, okay, it was going to piss everyone off. I'm going to go for it. I no, no, no. I, I re- no, no, no. Okay, so I, I should preface by saying I think Trump is... No, I, I was very in- incredibly upset. I thought it was an embarrassment to our country and all that stuff, but there was one slither of me being a little bit happy just because of how pompous the, de- the Democrats have been and just going on every celebrity network and laughing at Republicans and laughing. It's over. It was one like moment where I was like, okay, yeah, fuck you guys. But at the same time, then I went back into reality and I'm like, holy shit, this guy is yeah. actually our leader. And that's, you know, nothing to actually, you know. That actually doesn't piss me off at all because there's, on this show, we've talked a lot about, like, this is what you assholes get. Yeah. Like, I'm not happy about it, and I don't like playing the who wins, who loses game when it talks to politics because people die. Yeah, of course. But, like... I mean, it's, de- it's detrimental to our entire... Yeah. ...standing in the world and everything like that. So yeah. It's... I don't think Hillary being such a terrible candidate was the most... was the biggest reason that Trump won, but it's not not a reason. It, it didn't help. Yeah, I mean, it didn't help yeah. for sure. I know with a lot of people it didn't help that she, you know, rigged the Bernie Sanders primary thing and all that stuff. So that, Yeah, you know, but that's, see. you know, I have spoken so many times on the show about how much I hate redelegating the 2016 no, yeah, Democratic no, I, primary. I, yeah, I mean, I have no sympathy for Bernie supporters who voted for Trump. I think they're out yeah, of well, their minds. That, the fact that that movement exists is just like... It's, it's like woman for wife beaters. It makes no sense to me. Yeah. So, yeesh. But <laughs> I don't. I don't get it either. Yeah. But so now, what has it been like being? Well, what do you feel about the modern Republican Party under Trump? Oh God, the fact that he has anyone defending him is kind of confusing. I mean, I think we talked a little bit about Spicer and about Paul Ryan, and I, I think that in about a decade we'll look back at this and they will not be viewed favorably in the public. Yeah. No, this is this is a complete disaster. I mean, I listen. I mean, we, we didn't really get into the what I really have against the modern left in terms of like you know free speech and you know radical Islam and and a lot of that stuff, which I know a lot of people say, oh well, Trump's our guy. Yeah, Trump isn't gonna fix this. Like Trump is gonna push it and be. I think it's gonna he's gonna make the left worse and I think he's gonna make the right worse because now a lot, a lot of the far right is basically what I hate, just calling the other side cucks and we're not willing to have conversations and the left is like, fuck you, you're all racist, degenerate pieces of shit. They're not having conversations. So it's creating such an intense division. And yeah, I think that everyone in the Republican Party right now who is, you know, pretending to be in favor of him because I don't really, I think there are very few people other than Ann Coulter who legitimately stand by what he believes in. Mm-hmm. I think they're a disaster. So is there anybody like... I don't even know who's going to run. I would be, like, if McCain were to run again, I'd be pro-McCain. He's not going to because of his health issues. But, I mean, like, someone like that. I would just use him as a a reference. Are there, do you feel like there are people like that? Not that I've, I mean, there are, but not that I'm aware of right now. But then again, I didn't know, embarrassingly, didn't know who Bernie Sanders was until he started running. So, I mean, people will pop up during the next election. All, All you have to do next election is just have someone make a relative amount of sense. Now, if, if it was, if the next election, let's first, let's just imagine a world where Trump gets impeached or doesn't run again mm-hmm. or, you know, gets primaried or whatever. And it was between a, like, moderate kind of Republican, like a John McCain figure and an Obama type figure. That's not a Bernie Sanders, but not a, you know, what, not, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I prefer that. So would you, let's say, and I don't know if we necessarily have the country where that could happen anymore. No, but, we're going to, I mean, he's going to create a mess that will take at least a generation to fix. Yeah, but if it was 2008 again, mm-hmm. where do you think you would fall? McCain. McCain? 
Well, in, in I don't know, with a caveat if he chose a vice president that was not Sarah Palin. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Do you think we'll ever get back to that? Yeah, uh, I hope. I mean, it will ta- once again, it'll take a while. This has caused a very strange rift, and we're in, like, unknown territory here. This is not something that has ever happened before. I mean, mm-hmm. like, we've never had a president that... We've had, you know, politicians that have lied to the public, but not so brazenly, and, and not when we have just obvious evidence to support. Like, this is very new territory. We, we've never had a president so involved with social media. We've never had a president... Like, like even Ronald Reagan was a senator before he actually got into politics. And he was, was a governor. Governor, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Yeah, sorry <laughs> well, about that. We'll fact check. Yeah, no, apologies about that. So, now, what about... Uh, one thing... This is... I'm going to pivot to a different question. Yeah. I want you to compare and contrast... Because you said the Tea Party are a bunch of assholes that, you know... Yeah, well, they're, 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 I, they're ideologues. Like, you know, like, if, if it was a left version of that, I'd be against them, but, too. We're just... I'm well, a spectrum that is just so That's crazy. the question. Yeah. Is I've heard... The Bernie Sanders movement, the resistance movement, you know, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of people in the media refer to them as, like, the left Tea Party. Do you agree with that? To an extent, yeah. When, what extent? Like, do, like let's say, like, and I'm not talking, like... They haven't done as much damage as the Tea Party has done, but I, th- I think trying to bring and replace capitalism with socialism and, and trying to kind of redo America, which is basically what the Tea Party was trying to do in a lot of ways is just dangerous and not tenable especially when we're our standing in the world right now is so important we have a global impact we can't just afford to throw over a table and say well fuck this even if some you know just because some things are bad and you know it's not perfect doesn't mean you throw over everything and try to reorganize the entire system at least in my opinion no, I, that's. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's this. Whenever you're on a podcast, everything's like this is my. Opinion. Yeah, of course. Now this is Ryan's opinion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is everything I'm saying right now. Ryan is right. <laughs> I, I think Phil just called me and told me to say. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. I know you said it'll take it like what'd you say at least a generation to get back to normal. Probably. What do you that's think? My guess. What do you think has to happen to get back to normal? What steps do? Either both sides or one side. Who do you think... I think both parties have to get into a place where we could have conversations like this again. Just you know, sitting down and talking and not mm-hmm. just assuming the intentions of the other side and and having rational conversation. We, we have to get over this this whole meme culture of, you know, even though I love it, but it's... Yeah, we all... But in, yeah. in real politics, not on, like, Facebook or not yeah. on, like, Twitter. Like, it's... Well, but actually, as a follow-up question to that, so much of our country, just their politics are the internet. Yeah, that's disturbing. Like the like, I'm sure we all if have we don't aunts. Have newspapers anymore. Yeah, we all have really... aunts and uncles that share, you know, the conservative Tribune and Occupy Democrats. And mm-hmm. you know, I know Sly hates when I'm like both sides, <laughs> but like there is, there's fake news absolutely everywhere. Of course. And it's you know, I'm of the disposition that it's worse for conservatives but that's for my own bias whatever so take that how you will fair listeners yeah but how do we put that back in the bottle well it, because we're at I, a point I, now. I would say it's a bit even i mean you know i, I know there might be some young turks viewers or salon viewers but i think that's equally as fake news if you, if you read the whole story from uh, like but that's i actually got those into are widespread a... and and they willingly like report fit fake news Quote, quote, but, well, what you know. do you mean when you say like the Young Turks and Salon as fake news? Actually, I'll use Al Jazeera as an example, which I know is popular. Okay, so just because I fucking hate Al Jazeera, but last year they covered a story that was uh, it was 
I think it was also published in the New York Times, of an Israeli soldier just shooting a kid for no reason, like this, this young child. And later it, it came out from, like, actual reliable sources that the kid was strapped with bombs, but they never went back and corrected it. They never did anything like that. that that's just one point of reference. There's a, a hundred stories of reference. The Young Turks, I think it was two years ago, covered a story about trying to conflate, um, you know, how Jews treat homosexuals, which is the, during the month-long gay pride parade, there was one religious Jew who stabbed a gay person. Meanwhile, in Landry tried to be like, oh, see, it's exactly the same. Meanwhile, you know, it was during a month-long gay pride celebration, and in 11 Muslim countries, there is a little genocide against homosexuals. If you're even suspected of being gay, they, they kill you, and these are people who pretend to care about gay people. But yeah, I'd, I'd say that's fake news, too. That's just as widespread, but for the biggest network on YouTube. I mean, there's a... Uh, yeah, it's, it's not as ridiculous as Infowars, but I think both sides are just kind of in their own bubble, unfortunately, and... They're just kind of like, oh, we just hear fuck the other side constantly, but it's not even with all the right information. So how do we combat that? Because I, I, we're, wish I knew. yeah, because we're yeah. at a point now. I mean, yeah, I'm asking you to come fix everything for us, <laughs> but we're at a point now that I will, unlike some people, like I know a lot of people don't, but I try to engage with everybody and there are people that i'm facebook friends with that i'm friends with in real life that i think are good people mm -hmm. that i will co I consistently talk to and there is no talking to them yeah like i will try to explain to them, and you'll look at conversations between me and them not that i'm this fucking perfect rationalist but like where i'm like here's well, statistics engage in open conversation here's articles yeah. here's evidence and they're just like nope and like how can how can moderates or liberals or conservatives reach out to people when they are still arguing that like half a new poll came out that half of trump supporters think he won the popular vote that's ridiculous how do you argue with people when they do not live in our reality i think we should have a psychologist on this uh <laughs> on this podcast i, I, I actually mean this personally no, no, how yeah. do you do that how do i have conversations with people because i know you're always open to talk to everybody and yeah especially in our Facebook group, usually you're, it's you against the rest. Me against the world. Yeah, it's you against the world. And that's one thing that you don't, you don't flip out. You don't scream at anybody. And it's the internet, so you don't caps lock at anybody. You know, you're, even if I disagree with everything you're saying, I never get livid about it. I never feel the way I do when I argued with someone about Obamacare. And he was like, no, Obamacare is the worst. And yeah, I'm like, well, why? Stupid. Yeah, but why? And it's like, because my healthcare went up. And I was like, well, your healthcare went up for these reasons. And like, all the, and he's like, nope, you're an idiot. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, how do you talk to those people? It might be a bit easier for me personally because I, I could find common ground with people on both sides. So I'm just guessing that that opens the door to have people listen to me more so than someone okay. like you, who is a progressive, or mm -hmm. like someone like, I don't know, one of my other friends who's super right. Like, it's, you know, we're kind of a... Uh, like when, a, when, when she, you, like yeah. a wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah, like, when, yeah <laughs> like when you start a conversation, right, people kind of assume the amount of truth you're going to tell based on where you align politically, which is, okay. it sucks and it's unfortunate and it's bullshit, but it's just, I don't know how to combat that, but we, we have to. I... I wish i knew how to do that on a, a bigger scale yeah. which is why i think it'll take like decades to fix because we're in such a mess right now that mm -hmm. and, and we're not having real conversations and it's i don't know i don't know what the answer is it sucks yeah it's really <laughs> it's really scary that's probably that's yeah. probably one of the scariest things right now about our, our current culture is that everyone is just they're, they're not thinking about each issue individually seriously they're picking sides and saying oh well i'm on this team so i believe x about you know 
the death penalty and foreign policy and blah blah and or I'm a this team and I believe X about all this shit and it, it's everyone else is evil so mm-hmm. I don't know I mean it's it's always been like that but not to this extent I've never seen it this divided I mean I've never like I think I mentioned before I've lost friends over this election while talking yeah. calmly to them and I know people who've you know cut off communication to their siblings and like just crazy shit I've never yeah. seen it like this before so I mean I've seen people have political divides in their family like. I could see if you not like were, this election. Though. Yeah, yeah. This election is definitely more severe. Yeah. But I think, I don't know. It's definitely more divided than ever. But I hope it gets better. I mean, it, it, I think it kind of has to because we're going in a direction where it's getting so crazy that I think it will have to bounce back somehow. I just don't know how, and I can't. I can't predict how, but I think time will definitely play a big role in that. And I think probably whoever the next president will be, if he actually is presidential uh, that ho- will hopefully and tries to unite people instead of saying like, like our president is basically saying go fuck yourselves democrats yeah. which is insane that uh, you it's half a country yeah now i want to ask you two brief questions to end yeah who should the democrats run in 2020 bernie sanders no i'm kidding um i don't know the, any <laughs> that's a very good question I, um... And obviously, like, we didn't know who Bernie Sanders was till the primary really started. And right. I mean, I don't mean we as a nation. Some people did. I mean, me and you. Yeah. I didn't know who Obama was. Yeah. You know, just because, you know, like, but who would you, more so do you think they should run someone like more like the Hillary wing or more like the Bernie wing? Should they run a Cory Booker or no, should I, they I, run I think, an Elizabeth Warren? I, I don't think going more to the left is the answer here. I think, uh, and I know this will cause an uproar but I, I think a more of a moderate like hillary but without all the bullshit in her past would make a lot more sense someone who can look in both sides so you think like, like someone, a cory booker type figure? yeah like someone who doesn't have like someone whose answers i can't guess on everything just because of where they align i, I think we need someone who is a bit more sensible someone who's more experienced someone who is just you know not not an ideologue and i think bernie sanders was just full left wing to the point of where he couldn't unite people to, who were not on his side he united his own group but I don't think he would have spoke to half the country. So then why do you think he did so much better with independence than Hillary did? Uh, well, first of all, he wasn't... I mean, he didn't have as many scandals. He was obviously more of an honest person. I mean, he pitched socialism to people who really never... who honestly probably aren't too politically active and have never heard of his concept before. And were, you know... I, I think his honesty had a lot to do with it. Okay. And his consistency had a lot to do with it. And just his character. And he obviously cared about the issues. I mean, even if I don't agree with him on... You know, for, like for instance, his issue on you know the cops and all that stuff. He clearly was doing it out of an attempt to try and cut down on crime and and, and dead people. He wasn't doing it out of some poli- mm-hmm. obviously political gain. I mean, Hillary Clinton, she she just had a really whoever taught her how to speak publicly just just be instantly fired. I mean, she <laughs> is just she just sounds like a robot. It has nothing to do with and I know people are going to be like oh it has to do with you know you know females in politics or whatever. It, it doesn't. Elizabeth Warren was amazing mm-hmm. as a public speaker, but I I just think that she just came off as a robot and she we just know so much about her past, so I think that's why Bernie got this. So support. you think they should have someone more more like, moderate who's less corrupt and also maybe newer. Yeah. It sounds like cuz it sounds like sure. the more baggage they get, the more yeah. Pe- the more problems people have. Absolutely. So, and now, let's say they do that. Mm-hmm. Do you think Trump's going to win again? Fuck, I hope not. I, well, I, I would have said... Not hope. No, well, okay. Do well, you think... I would have been wrong about him being elected the first time. So, now, if you ask me, I would I would say... I mean, my first gut reaction is, no, he's not going to win. People are going to be tired of him in four years. They're just going to want someone who could, like, speak coherently and someone who 
isn't a clown. But then again, I was wrong about everything this past election. So, I mean, so every prediction I had just went out the window. You think he won't, but you're hesitant to say it because who the fuck Yeah, knows? exactly. We're, we're, we're in, like I said before, we're in such new territory that it's hard mm-hmm. to predict anything anymore. This is like a alter, alternate universe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeesh. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, feels good, I guess. feels great. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much, Evan. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate the uh, the opportunity to speak to someone who's, you know... <laughs> Do you have anything, like, to plug or anything? Um, you guys should check out my channel on Infowars.com. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, th- I don't have any website or anything. Thank you, cool. though. Yeah. And uh, if you want to yell at Evan for all his opinions... Yeah, you know where to, to find me. Evan Rieger. <laughs> my, my inbox is wide open. Or come to our Facebook group. Yeah, I'm accepting friend requests on the daily. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Oops I Talk Device Issues and you'll see Evan like uh what's that what's that story of like, I guess, arguing with people. I guess it's like three hundred where you're the one guy on the bridge. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just me with two swords against an army. An army <laughs> yeah. of progressives. <laughs> cool. Well thank you so much and yeah, I'll talk you to again. you soon. Alright. Bye. Bye. I dreamt about me maybe throwing a party and just how great that would be and we're back the two ryans how was that episode ryan that was mind-blowing my (laughs) mind is blown yeah so i hope your mind is in enough pieces to give a quick plug to the comrade radio network well actually i want to mention your show tales from the static but i also want you to mention the comrade episode that you're putting out in two days yes uh, so I am working, <laughs> I am, after we're done with this, editing a Comrade <laughs> episode where I'm talking to hosts from the network about a artistic project and the projects span um, writing projects, musical projects, um, even a film project, a project that they put on a shelf, something that they worked for a while on, put away, didn't finish, never released. And uh, the conversations have been great. And what about, what about your show? It's super great. I've said it before, but now you can say it. I appreciate it. It's super (laughs) great. Uh, Tales from the Static is currently on a summer hiatus, but the first season is out there, all 24 episodes. There's a couple bonuses in there, but it is a show about a show that I watched as a kid, a horror anthology show called Static Screams, that I really couldn't find anything out there, anybody talking about it. Um, I found a little bit of information, And I'm finding out more, which I'll get into more in uh, the second season uh, a little later this year. But um, it's a really fun show. And I love talking about creepy stories. So Cool. So all that stuff and all our stuff can be found at ComradeRadio.com. And just a reminder, I mentioned at the top of the show, but make sure you tune in this weekend. Tune in. like It's a radio show. Check your feed on Saturday for the bonus episode where I talk to my dad about the police the history of New York City, and why he abandoned the Republican Party. Nice. And, yeah, that should be fun. So, I've been really sick of doing all these episodes without Phil. I've been stalling until it's time to edit, literally. Oops, I ended the podcast. Independent Podcasting Network.